0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Saturday evening Bible study. We're glad to have you on podcast, YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio, and Facebook. I want to welcome all of our listeners from around the world who enjoy uh, the study of the Word of God. Uh, we hope you'll contact us at Springston56 at gmail.com, MikeSpringstonMinistry.com, FFCMA.org or through Family Fellowship Chapels Direct Messaging. Tonight we're going to go into section session six from the book of Ephesians. Now the focus of this is going to be um, the nine pieces of the garment of righteousness and we're going to get to that. There's a few steps and phases that I want to share with you before we go there. But I want to welcome you in, I want to remind you that my book is, is in Amazon and in your bookstore, Mike Springston uh, the, is the author and the name of the book is I Surrender and we're certainly glad to have you purchase that through there. I sold my last one, our book, personal bookstore is shut down and so uh, you'll have to go through books the bookstore or Amazon if you would like to have it. Um, I want to welcome you again from wherever you are. Hi, James, glad to see you. And uh, I want to have a word of prayer, and then we'll get started with our teaching on the Word of God. Father, I pray that you'll open our eyes, that we can see in our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. Then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. We worship you, and we honor you, and we praise you. As we ask you, Jesus, to speak to us out of the Godhead, through the Holy Spirit, show us what we need to know, do understand, and demonstrate, we'll receive it and give it to your people, and they'll receive it, and from there, they'll be changed and ministered to and uh, brought in to be more like Christ. In Jesus' name, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man, in the Godhead. Amen and amen. We're beginning today to explore some activities that are done in the divine advocacy of Jesus Christ. Uh, that is provided for us as a follower of Christ. Along the way now, I want to finish up what I was talking about in our last session. Uh, when we come into the kingdom of His dear Son, we come into that kingdom due to our association with the force of righteousness. Uh, righteousness has three dynamic events that occur. Number one, when we come out of the realm of, uh, uh, with, as resurrected with Jesus Christ, we become the elect of God. Paul tells us that in Colossians 3. We're adopted and become children of God. Paul also tells us that in Galatians Paul tells us we are sealed by the Holy Spirit in Ephesians, and that that Holy Spiritship now creates us a, 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 to be a member of a citizenship, and by that citizenship, we're now under a new rule, and we're going to see the beauty of that rule in just a few minutes. Hi, Joey. That rule is is under the king uh, who is the king of a new kingdom, Jesus Christ. This is going to be important to you as we study advocacy. Now, Jesus Christ who has become our righteousness and who has brought us into the kingdom and placed us in him will now proceed to function as our ruler. We've become a citizen of a new uh, kingdom. He is our ruler. He's going to do three distinct things for us there things that cannot be done for us on the earthy side. We can be saved on the earthy side, we can die to the flesh on the earthy side, and we can be raised with Christ on the earthy side. But in order for us to come in to being the elect, we have to cross over the bridge. By righteousness, being led by truth. Three things are going to happen. He's going to become our advocate. As our advocate, that's going to be the operation he completes for us as the high priest. He's going to become our mediator. He's going to begin to execute the exalted position that he has been given as Lord. He will be our intercessor as he releases from His position as the man in the Godhead. His direct instructions. Now what we find out about this, that there are nine fruit of the Spirit that happen on the earthy side. There are nine fruit of the Spirit. Paul tells us about those fruit in Galatians, and I I often uh, begin to say those fruit, and then uh, forget one at the end, so I'm going to read them to you. Um, Paul says that uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no eat no um, law. So there are nine fruit of the Spirit that happen on the earthy side. In other words, there are benchmarks on the earthy side that tell you exactly where you're living. If you're struggling with operating, for instance, in uh, love or joy or peace, or gentleness, or goodness, or faith, or meekness, or self-control, uh, then at some point, some part of the flesh has ruined its head. But the fruit of the Spirit, when you look at Galatians, in Galatians uh, 5.17 My Bible declares the Spirit gives victory over sin and Paul begins to outline the works of the flesh. He does that from 17 through 21. When he gets to 22, he tells us how the the flesh nature has changed and, and the fruit of the Spirit takes over. Now then, we follow Jesus on into the resurrection. So there's a benchmark on the earthy side. We need to measure ourselves by those benchmarks, friend. We need to look into how we are doing with regard to the benchmarks in the earthy. Now then, we go over into the uh, spiritual side. We cross the bridge. Righteousness crosses the bridge of truth. And we come into the earthy side. And there are nine more uh, things that are parts of the garment of the robes of righteousness. I'll tell you about them in a minute. Then we proceed up until we find him as the man in the Godhead bodily who has distributed to mankind the gifts of the Spirit. Those gifts of the Spirit, of course, are wisdom, knowledge, discerning of spirits, faith, healings, and miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Now the nine uh, uh, parts or the pieces of the robe of righteousness are holy and beloved, they are uh, humbleness of mind, They are uh, kindness, meekness, they are forbearing, they are forgiving, they are uh, love. And again, I'm leaving one out up there uh, from uh, Colossians 3, but I'll show you all of that in just a minute. We have nine fruit benchmarks on the earthy side. We have nine more fruit benchmarks that tell us we're living in the Spirit. We're living in the spiritual realm as a citizen of a new country. Then we have nine more spiritual benchmarks that tell us whenever we are indwelled and endued with the power that Jesus promised us in Acts 1 and 8. None of this has been left out, my friend. No matter how we go about it nor nor how we look at it, God has defined the path of salvation To be so clear that he gave you check boxes along the way to say, yes, I've I've done that. Yes, I I see that in my life. And so now then Jesus becomes the advocate, the mediator, and the intercessor. Now notice that these operations are all enacted on the spiritual side of the border. That is the border that you crossed when you followed Jesus as Paul declared in Colossians 3.1. For us to seek those things that are above. Let's examine the first operation uh, that is overseen by the high priest. It is the condition that is produced for the sanctification of one who has become a brother of Jesus Christ. And is based upon his position, Jesus's position as high priest. Now as we mentioned in his priesthood, the blood on the spiritual side takes on a completely different operation. Because on the natural side, the blood is working to trigger grace for your forgiveness, to bring you into the fruit of the Spirit, and then to resurrect you with Christ. But when we cross the bridge into spiritual things, well, it's there that uh, we not only find spiritual things, we find the blood working differently. The blood now works to sanctify you. It's produced in you something by the sprinkling of blood by Jesus that makes you a brother. Uh, Now, this high priest, uh, uh, who is now sprinkling blood and not shedding blood, and of course both of these came from his body, both of them were released as he was crucified, but one does the work on the earthy side, and one does the most critical work on the spiritual side. In the tabernacle, this blood is no longer used for forgiveness, not in the way it was used uh, in the earthy side from the cross. It is used for sanctification. Of course, that's a work upon the follower that's never been done, could not have been done, while that follower remained on the earthy side. The cross didn't accomplish that work, friend. And the the, the sooner we come to that clarification, the easier it's going to be. It could not, as it was not placed in the divine order of God for that purpose. Now, as the blood is sprinkled on the vessels of ministry, the design of the Godhead becomes revealed. The plan of God is revealed in the lampstand as it works vertically. Now, uh, from that vertical representation, we see that um, uh, the vessel, of, that the sprinkling of blood on the vessels of ministry by the design of the Godhead is revealed to us. The plan of God is, being revealed in the lampstand as it works vertically upward vertically downward. The plan for use for the body and the blood that operates in sanctification is revealed as the follower partakes of the power that is in the blood for maintaining his righteous covenant relationship to Jesus to be in them. Okay? Now, let's move on down and take our journey through the end part of worship. So we finished the last session and we're we're talking about how do we do worship. We should be renewed in our mind in order to do worship. When this renewal happens, we should be able to cross over into the spiritual realm. And how do we what do we got to do to get there? That seems to be the biggest question that is lurking out there. Uh, and of course, in order to understand that, we got to go to Paul. Just like we found out that Paul was crucified with Christ, Paul died in the flesh, we got to understand how Paul did that. How could Paul say that he was crucified with Christ? How could Paul say he was crucified in the flesh? How could Paul say that he was risen with Christ? How could he express the facts that you can seek those things which are above where Jesus sits at the right hand of God? We're sitting here in the physical Well, it's not as difficult as we would think if we'll just figure out what he tells us to do in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. Look what he says. He says, Set your affection on things above, not on the earth. Stop looking around here on the earth. Put your affections on things above, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So what does the word affection mean? To exercise the mind... That is, to entertain a sentiment or a view or attitude towards a situation, event, or opinion. To be mentally disposed, which means mentally inclined or willing to earnestly seek a certain direction. Now, let me give you an example. The little kid comes in as a ninth grader. He goes into the weight room. And he's weakling. He doesn't know what to do. So we train him on how to lift weights. We train him so he won't hurt himself. We teach him the proper safety methods. We test him to see where he should begin his training. So during the course of that year, that lifting year, where he makes some dramatic gains, and his body begins to show those gains, and all of a sudden, he becomes mentally disposed to like what he sees so the weight room doesn't become something that he only does when the coach says it's time to lift. No, he goes into the weight room on his own time. He spends time working out. He spends time lifting weights and he looks in the mirror and he flexes and he says, man, this stuff is working on me. He becomes willfully Disposed to pursue something that he set his heart and his mind upon. Now, knowing this part of setting my mind, will, and emotions on something is done in the soulish realm. We now look for things in from our uh, ability to be renewed in our mind to say, "I am choosing to seek." Things that are above. We're now looking to choose and see what is available beyond what I have on the earth. What's available beyond the cross? Well, beyond the cross is the fruit of the Spirit. What's available beyond the fruit of the Spirit? Beyond the fruit of the Spirit is the resurrection with righteousness in Jesus Christ. What's available beyond righteousness? Well, we enter into the city and be a citizen of a kingdom. What's available beyond that? Well, there are benchmarks. Those benchmarks tell us whether we have come into the spiritual world. We flex that spiritual muscle and we say, yes, I've done that. That is where, that's how I'm operating. Now we must know that our old man and his nature is dead. And you must know that you are hid now in Christ with Christ in God. This is done because of four Distinct works that all happen not on the earthy side, they all happened in the spiritual side. You're elected, you're in Him, you're made righteousness by Him, then you become the elect of God, and then you are operating as the adopted, full privileged children of God. Things have changed, my friend. Now, what was our signal? What was our signal that we died to the flesh? Well. I read it to you from Galatians five twenty-two through and 23. Those were the fruit of the Spirit. And of course, God is not slack to supply an ability for you to know where you're operating. So is there a signal that tells us that we have crossed over into living in the spiritual side and not the earthy side? And the answer is yes, there certainly will be. Look at Colossians three twelve through 15. Put on therefore, now watch who's doing this as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, and if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, Put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfection. Look at these nine pieces of the robe of righteousness that become apparent when one comes into Christ and becomes the righteousness of God, crosses the bridge of grace and is led by truth. And you then become the elect of God. Hi, Brandon. We become holy and beloved. There's a benchmark, my friend, that you can't, you can't get over around. We express vows of mercy. We look at things through the eyes of compassion. We see things and people through the eyes of compassion. That's a big one, my friend. We are kind. We are have a humbleness of mind. We are long-suffering. We are forbearing one another. We are forgiving one another. And we are putting on, due to this peace, parts, coming together into a robe of righteousness, a bond of perfection. My God, what a beautiful place for us to live. What a beautiful place. We become holy. We become beloved. Paul said we would be accepted in the blood. We express a compassion one for another. A genuine understanding and compassion. A feel. A willingness to help a willingness to love, a willingness to uh, work diligently, to make a support system that can be something that will minister bowels of compassion, kindness. We simply are not uh, contentious or mean. We're just kind. We have a humbleness of mind. We, we lower our estate to say, you know, if I've if I if I've been wrong, I, I apologize. Humbleness of mind. Meekness. We walk in a temperance and a meekness. We're able to have patience. And then we're able to forbear one another. We're able to, to find a way to work together. What a great benchmark. We're able to forgive one another, so that if there is a quarrel, we're no longer quarreling. We don't want to quarrel because we're in Christ. And then from there, we come out of there with a love, a genuine love, a genuine bond that goes beyond just saying, I love you, but over into the absolute perfection. Why could we do that? Because it's the love of Christ. It's not my love. These are the benchmarks that are telling me that I put on the robes of righteousness and I'm I'm in Christ. It's telling you the same thing. If you're operating there, there, there is nothing magical or mystical about it. We have seen the benchmarks of the fruit of the Spirit. Now we're simply identifying the benchmarks of the robes of righteousness. What a great thing God has done to be able to allow us to judge ourselves and to be able to allow us to say uh, this is where I am or this is where I am not. What a beautiful thing God has done. He said if you judge yourself you won't have to be judged. What a great thing, friend. Nine fruits that define the change in the earthy man. Nine pieces of the garment of righteousness that clothe A righteous man in spiritual attire. Now, right here we can easily identify where we reside on the spectrum of earthy and spiritual. Most are unaware of these benchmarks. Most are absolutely unaware of it. Most are unaware of how to move forward and to know whether you're moving into the things that are above. But it's it's given to us, but we don't study the Word of God enough to know. Now, once we cross the bridge, we have the single thing that allows us to know right where we stand in the economy of God. Now, 1 Corinthians 11 says, judge yourself so you won't be judged. So we have the ability now to identify where we're standing, what we're doing. Hi Tammy, what we're doing, what we're feeling, where we are on the contingency of operating on the earthy side of the spirit side. And often, uh, as we're going to see, as we get into this uh, advocacy part, uh, we're going to find that the way we deal with where we are is completely different. One blood system on the earthy side has to deal with the cross and forgiveness. One blood system on the spiritual side doesn't do that. One blood system on the earthy side The blood is the thing that is speaking out and triggering grace. The other blood system, on the spiritual side, Jesus Christ himself is speaking out. And when he is speaking out, he is calling you brethren. And he is becoming your advocate. I'll explain that. So once we change over into this spiritual realm, uh, we can find out very easily if we walk and live by this last word, peace. We can find out where we are if we walk and live in peace. Why? We've become the children of God. How did we become peace? We became the children of God. What is there for us to be worried with? Why would we not have peace? Why would we not live in peace if we're living by the benchmarks of the nine uh, pieces of the robes of righteousness? Of course there would be peace. Uh, The affairs of this life, they can't have any impact on us. Because we're the children of God. How can the seed of truth not fall on the ground if we're operating in the correct benchmark? How can we help but be blessed? How can we help but prosper and be in health even as our soul has been made to prosper? Because... We're going to enter into these things by how we set the affection of our soulless realm. It's great stuff, friends. Most people miss it. Most don't know it. And even fewer want it. Why? Why would I say that? Because it's as easy as changing where your affections are, how you are locating your affections, what you're thinking on, what you're setting your soulish realm to, to, with your will and your mind and emotions to go after. What your affections are centered and focused on all too frequently are too earthy. You have the right, my friend, to follow Jesus Christ into heavenly things. This is, after all, a choice that You will do one or the other. Now, what happens next? Where does peace rule? Did you get that scripture up there? When I read that, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to that to the which also you're called in one body, and be ye thankful. Well, look at that. Where does peace rule? Where does peace come from? Is peace to be found on the earthy side? No. No. There are temptations that are going to be found on the earthy side. There's going to be struggles on the earthy side. There's going to be persecution on the earthy side. There's going to be scandal on the earthy side. There's going to be issues on the earthy side. But whenever you cross over into the spiritual world, all of a sudden, now the peace of God rules you. It's not my teaching. It's Paul's teaching. I'm just telling you what Paul said. Paul said that whenever you become the elect of God and you pass into this new benchmark, the peace of God is going to rule you. From there, it's going to prosper you in your inner man. Look at what this peace is supposed to do for you. and, And if you're in the spiritual world, it will be. It's supposed to take us where we are called. We don't have any understanding that we are called to be sanctified, that we are called to live in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and that we are called to be filled with the Spirit of power. We don't have that as an understanding, as a baseline of work and expectation about the grand design of God. So here peace is taking you to the place that you're called, friend. We are called into one body. Remember this. Paul said we have one Lord, one faith, and one body. Well, that's the things that are above. We have one Lord. He produces in us one faith that is His own. And he baptizes us in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is all done in the spiritual realm for us. Then we are called to be thankful. Peace will rule in us to the extent that we are thankful for what God has done to make us what we never could have been had we remained earthy. We never could be as thankful as we will be when we enter into the spiritual world where we become the elect of God, where we become sealed in the Spirit. We can't be thankful. We can't worship and praise appropriately until we come to the next benchmark. And all too frequently we want to dig our heels in and we want to say we've got enough. We'll just stay where we are. We don't, we don't, that that doesn't resonate with us. Well, my friend, it's not whether it resonates because I'm telling you. It's because Paul, the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament, is telling you. Hey, Charles. Hey, Jeep. Paul, the New Testament writer, is telling you. I'm not telling you this. Now, just because other people don't preach it and don't see it and are, Telling their people about it doesn't mean that Paul has not put it in the Word of God for you and me. And because others have found another style of messaging, doesn't mean that it is not true. It is true because Paul wrote it. And if we're going to believe some of Paul, we're just, well, well, we, we are, are constrained to believe in all. Now while other other churches of all kinds, mega churches, large churches, small churches, churches of different flavors and denomination, are bearing the responsibility, now get me clear, their leadership will bear the responsibility of exactly what transpired with their people from their teaching. They will bear the responsibility and the accountability before God. I am accountable before God for what I produce and what I allow the Holy Ghost to produce through me. I'm responsible to God for it. Now, other churches don't feel that way. Other preachers don't feel that way. They are more than willing to give a 15-minute and have a prayer and a poem and go home. They're more than willing to do that. And when they stand before God with the entire record of the Word of God at their disposal, well, they're going to stand account for that. That's the issue. And I, I often think we just don't see it and we don't understand it. That preaching, teaching, leading, has an accountability factor, my friend, that goes to the throne room of God. And one day I will stand to receive the reward and be accountable for what I have done. Now the problem is, you will be accountable as well. You will be accountable as well. What will I be accountable for, pastor? Well, the same things I am. You'll be accountable for how you handle the word of truth. You'll be accountable for how you received the word of truth. You'll be accountable for whether you lived in correct and appropriate doctrine. You'll be accountable for whether you were in the market to set your will to seek those things which are above. You'll be accountable for what you hear. You'll be accountable for what you do. You'll be accountable for what you say. The whole issue will come before God, Jesus Christ, one day. Now, does that mean that you may not go to heaven? I'm not the judge. You judge yourself. I'm not judging anybody. I'm not sending anybody to hell. I don't have that power nor that authority. But, based on this word of God, I'm responsible for teaching its contents as well as I possibly can. So are other preachers, so are other teachers, and so are other leaderships. Now, how they choose to divide the truth, they'll stand accountable for. How I read the Word of God and how the Word of God comes through my ministry, I'm going to stand accountable. So what am I going to do? I'm going to do everything I can to be right. I'm going to do everything I can to stand for right. I'm going to do everything I can to preach right. I'm going to do everything I can to share right. Now, Are there going to be times whenever something doesn't absolutely resonate? Well, that probably may be. But the facts are, there's a Word of God that you, because of the the, the message that I preach, is right out of the Word. You can reference that. You can contact me. You can do anything you wish to do. But I'm going to stand accountable. And as I stand accountable, I promise you, if I find out I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. I'll be the first one to say it. Why? Because that'll be a benchmark. I won't be living in the spiritual realm if I'm not willing to say, you know what, I missed that. I misinterpreted that. I brought that out inaccurately. I'm, I, I have no, willing, no, no uh, uh, lack of ability to do that because I'm a human man too. But you've got to understand something, friends, and this is truth. When we stand on the spiritual side, we can live in peace. We can live in peace. We can live in peace. And that peace is going to lead us to where we're called. And that peace is going to take us into one body, one faith, and one Lord. That faith is is going to make us thankful. Now, it's time for me to close. Let's pray. Father, I love you in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes that we can see our ears, that we can hear our heart, that we can understand. Let it apply to our life so we'll be changed. We love you in Jesus' name. I thank all of those of you that came on. I want you to know, I love you. I love every one of you. I appreciate every one of you. I'm thankful for every one of you. I uh, uh, love you in a great depth. I love you so much that I spend my days setting my affection on things above, not on things below. And so with that love tonight, I want to speak right into your heart. And I want to say to you, not only do I love you, not only do am I trying my best to prepare both you and me, but to anybody, if I have done one thing, one thing just the smallest, if my meat offends you, I won't eat meat. That's what Paul said. I don't ever want to be anything but a support. So I love you and I appreciate you and I pray and I will pray tonight as I do all the time for everyone that comes on Facebook and meets us on podcast as well. I love you and may God bless you richly. Hi Darius, we appreciate you coming on with us tonight as well as all those that have joined. May God bless you, Facebook family. Thank you everybody on podcast. May God bless you as my prayer. Find him as Lord. There you will find him in the privilege of using his name. Find him as the man in the Godhead bodily. And there he'll show you great and mighty things that are to come. God bless you.